I'm OG. And I'm Ida. And And this this is Black Black History 365 Podcast. Where we talk about Black history and achievements and embrace them all year round. In this series, we will be interviewing Black staff in our school. And in this episode, we will be interviewing Mr. Keith. Okay, first off, just going to start by saying your origin story, like where you're from, oh. your background, all that good jazz. Do I got to um, say my full name or just what? Yeah, you can say your full name. Okay. Um, good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> um, my name is Thomas Keith. Um, I w- I'm presently an employee here at uh, Princeton High School. And this is a podcast for Princeton High School? Yep. Oh, okay. All right, great. Black History Month podcast. Black History Month podcast. Man, I feel like a celebrity. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay. So your question, um, you want to know where I'm from? Mm-hmm. I was born in Newark, New Jersey. I was raised there. Um, hmm. Went to, I don't know, maybe four elementary schools, different elementary schools. They didn't call them middle schools then. Mm. And um, then I attended high school, Essex County Vocational Technical High School. Um, I uh, was taking up um, auto mechanics, but when I, when my hands got dirty, I said, no, nah, I don't want to do this. So <laughs> I kind of discontinued that. At the age of 17, I went into the United States Navy. I spent a year or so in in the Navy. And then I came home and started pursuing occupations. I didn't have any specific idea what I wanted to do, but I know I needed to work to take care of myself. So um, I think I started working at the Veterans Administration uh, office. I was a file clerk and I stayed there about a few months. Then I left and I went to, um, geez, goodness gracious, so many years have passed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, I was working for the state of New Jersey. Same thing, file clerk uh, for the health department. Um, And I stayed there for about six, seven months. Um, then I became uh, I became a correctional officer for Essex County. I stayed there for five and a half years. They had a riot in 1980, and uh, thank God I was on vacation at that mm-hmm. time. But uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get into the, the, my domestic stuff. But my my wife at the time she wanted me to resign, so that's what I did. Um, before that, yes, I got married in 74, and uh, as a result of the marriage, I had two children. Um, <clears throat> and um, let's see, uh, I think I got divorced in 1980, <laughs> and then I, um, hmm, I don't know, I was just working around town doing construction work and then um 
Hmm. I got married again, and uh, I obtained a job at the Newark Fire Department. So I was a fireman for 25 years. Wow. And, oh. You worked a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, when I was young, you know, it, it, the, the, uh, the guys, it might have been young ladies too, but definitely the guys, you know, they seemed to gravitate to a whole lot of negativity. Mm. It was almost like a, a rite of passage to go to jail and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I swore to myself, I didn't want to go to jail. It wasn't that I was so good and, and, and you know, like I didn't do no negativity, but I didn't, I didn't want to subject myself to that, and I didn't want to be in a situation where I went to an employer mm -hmm. and he told me that, you know, I qualified for the job, but I wasn't able to obtain it because of my criminal record. Is that why you went to the Navy when you were younger? Yeah, yeah, because I was on, ooh, to be honest with you, I was kind of homeless, <laughs> you know, because um, I was 17, but my stepmother, I was staying with her because her and my father had separated, and she told me to get out. So I stayed with my father for a little while, but the propensity to drink, and you know, I didn't like his behavior. Mm -hmm. So that's why I felt like I couldn't stay with him. So as a result, you know, I went down to the federal building and looked into joining. I really wanted to join the Air Force, but I wound up joining the Navy. Mm -hmm. you know. Um, it was a good experience in a lot of ways, you know, um, definitely provided me with my essentials, place to stay and food to eat, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, I was exposed to a lot of discrimination there too. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to go into that? Or? No problem. Like in boot camp, which is the training, um, process as a uh, new, new new recruit, um, there were 80 Caucasian guys and six of us African-American guys. Mm. Um, and um, I personally didn't get confronted too much with any negative terminology or racist terminology, but I seen how prevalent it, it was for others. So, <clears throat> you know, I kind of stood my ground. Not that I'm a tough guy or anything, but, you know, they had a boxing, um, they had a sports event for each company and I participated in the boxing. So when I did that, these guys had the utmost respect for me, you know. But, uh, you know, um, I seen this, you know, the, the, the situation could have been rather ugly mm -hmm. if, if uh, for instance, at when I completed my training, when I completed my training, I went to Norfolk, Virginia, mm -hmm. and I was stationed on this facility in the middle of the um, in the middle of the river between Portsmouth and Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, when I got there, unbeknownst to me, I was the only black person there. You know, 17 years old, straight from Newark. So I was, I was, I was a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The guys, I guess, did the best that they could, that, you know, treat me with respect and so forth. But the purpose of the facility, <clears throat> excuse me, 
was to demagnetize ships. And um, they say after ships being out to sea for a period of time, they become magnetized. And if they become magnetized, they would be easy to detect from, let's say, an enemy ship. Mm. So they have to be demagnetized. So they had civil engineers do this. We did like the physical aspect of putting the wires down into the into the water, into the river. And then when the ship comes in, we put the wire completely over the ship. Um, however, I didn't like being there because I didn't look at it as something that I could bring in c civilian life. Yeah. You know, I ain't know about no job, you know, demagnetizing ships. So needless to say, I, well, that's the part of me that, you know, kind of got in trouble, but yet, I, you know, I went AWOL a couple of times, and then when I came back, you know, they transferred me out, and then I applied for a discharge, and I was able to get out with an honorable discharge, and the benefits of the veteran, you know, being a vet, veteran. Going back to um, when you were in the Navy, and you said that you saw a lot of discrimination with the mm -hmm. five other black kids there, do you think you were, like, their, like, kind of like model minority did you think you were like their token black eye of like the navy well i wouldn't say me per se you know i wasn't that guy I, there was a guy that was along with us um i'm sorry i didn't include him first but he got he got um he got discharged out because he had some medical issues mm -hmm. but he used to play with the other guys the Caucasian guys excessively and I and we kind of had a powwow with him me and the other um, black recruits and told him to stop playing with them like that because they're going to take that opportunity to call you out of your name particularly the n-word and things of that nature and he just thought it was a good thing to have a rapport with them like that and I'm so anyway, when he got kicked out, I was happy. Cause you know, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate, but one person can make a whole group, uh, another group of people look bad, you know, because they're inclined to think that you are this, all of y'all are the same way as him or her. It paints like a false narrative. Exactly, yeah. you, you know. There's a, there's, I don't know if I can put it, in my, I think I might have to bleep it out. Okay. But like the word, do you think like he was like, kind of like their coon? You know what that means? All of the above. Yeah. Coon, nigga, uh, <laughs> you know, and a-hole, you know, all them kind of things. But you you subject yourself to that, you know, and I, I would say this to anyone, you know, um, especially coming in, whether you're, you know, work environment, going to college and, going, you know, going somewhere, hold your ground as a person, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and more or less demand the respect uh, as, a, as a woman, as a young lady, as a female, and as an African-American, as a black person, whatever you refer yourself to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, this is the society we live in, you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, people just, whether they come from, you know, their racist background or whatever, you know. And then it's not even about race sometimes. It's, well, it's kind of like classism, you know.
we're better than you. We, you know, we got more money than you and that kind of thing. So, um, <clears throat> so you just stand and hold your chin up and try to be as, as positive you can be with your life and, mm -hmm. and doing the things. And, you know, who knows who God puts in your life to have a, a positive influence on you. So, you know, I, Personally, I don't feel I'm racist. I don't feel like I'm a discriminative type person. You know, I just accept people as they are, you know. But if I'm not vibing with you and I ain't feeling you, then I just don't deal with you. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to, you know, I don't, have, I don't have to deal with you. And believe me, you you know, what you spoke of before about me with jobs and stuff. I, yeah, I've had a lot of jobs. I've been around a lot of people. Mm -hmm and a lot of knuckleheads and you know sometimes i probably was acting silly goofy too you know but you know i like to laugh and i like to be you know to have fun and i like you know feeling good in that respect mm -hmm. okay so um did you like with like within your jobs i feel like i know me working i've definitely gathered some people that i could depend on in a way or like role models for me did you ever have a role model oh yeah i uh <clears throat> when i was in high school i had a teacher that was uh he was uh he he taught the related science to auto mechanics and oh my gosh we could come in his class one day you know prepare to get into the subject matter of auto technician type stuff. And he'll say, put your books away. We're gonna listen to this album. And he would have like Malcolm X, The Ballad and the Bullet. He was very influential with me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, I did technically have a father, but he was like a father figure to me. Mm -hmm. And he was into martial arts, which later on we started you know, practicing that after school and things of that nature. Um, but he basically was just trying to illustrate to us that when we were to go into the, in particular that field, to be using our minds and not our hands. I mean, you gotta use your hands to work, but you know, he didn't want us to be determined. I don't know if you ever heard it, you know, like grease monkey and stuff like that. They would call mechanics and stuff and look at them basically as individuals that's all dirty and all that. Never mind, they're making money, but it's a professional field. And as you see, he was telling us about, like if we wanted to get jobs, let's say for at Ford, General Motors, um, any of the auto, automobile plants, they used to exist in New Jersey. They no, no, they're no longer existing. They, they, they tore them down. And the reason why, or part of the reason, is the, you know, the automation of things. He was telling us that back in '69, 1969, that it may come a day that robots will be doing things that man was doing. And that's basically what has happened, you know, in, in, in a lot of aspects of, um, um, you know, the manufacture of, of, of products. So he had a great influence on me. And when I retired from the fire department, I moved down here to Monroe Township. And I was always 
talking with him through the years of my life. And come to find out he had relocated. And I was talking, I said, Mr. Jones, did you say you lived in Monroe? He said, yeah, Monroe Towns. I said, you ain't gonna believe this. I just bought a house down here in Monroe Township. So we, you know, oh man, we stayed in communication. You know, not that we are seeing each other on a daily basis, but we stayed definitely in communication. And, you know, unfortunately he had passed away some, some years ago, but he was a great influence on me, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seems as though, like, you've looked such a full life, like you've done everything. Oh, really? Yeah. I ain't did nothing. <laughs> so, and, and also, like, you've clearly faced a lot of challenges with them at time. Mm-hmm. And you've also seen, like you just said, um, about how Mr. Jones, like, he was um, basically predicted, like, something in the future. So, like, mm-hmm. through all the generations, like, what have you seen change? Or what's, like, something that's really stuck out to you? Mm-hmm. It could be mm-hmm. in, like, the work field with, like, race or, like, mm-hmm. how, how um, okay. segregation has evolved and like that. Good, good answer. Um, what I'm seeing, uh, relating to my upcoming, mm-hmm. especially the part of the, of me that it, uh, you know, existed in the '60s, when the civil rights era was, I'd say, exceptionally strong. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know. The death of Edmund Till. I don't know the young lady, the girl, little girl's names. Where it was either four or five of them that were, you know, uh, lost their lives in the bombing in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the church. Just being little kids, jumping rope and all that. And uh, I remember witnessing these things, you know, through the media, watching TV on the news, and and it was so saddening you know, to see and hear about all these things going on. And the the racism that existed, you know, that was so strong that, um, I forget the name of the bridge, unfortunately. In Alabama, you know, they just celebrated, uh, I think it was in the fall, when they marched on that bridge. Selma. Selma, yeah, okay, so. I remember seeing it on TV. Mm -hmm. So in relationship to now and how this country is like trying to go backwards and go back to that type of lifestyle again. Yeah, like the BHM protest. Yes. Or a BLM protest. Right. The the states are trying to deter uh, people from voting, in particular black people and, 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 and the other minorities, with some laws that a person can't even give you a bottle of water while you're standing in line to vote, or a slice of pizza that's like against the law. What the heck does that have to do with you casting your vote and him having some influence on you to like what, 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 what your vote is going to be? It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 it, it just demonstrates how you know this thing is all backwards and it's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. And by all means, I would 
encourage young people as yourselves to get as educated and, and informed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so you see, like, relation, and that's actually crazy to think because <laughs> the peak civil rights movement, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I was watching mm-hmm. the March on Stoma on the news, yeah. I'd be, like, glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. But then I think about, like, during quarantine when there was, like, the BLM protest, mm-hmm. I was glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. So that's really weird how we were in the same positions. It's, 60 years later. Yeah, it's just the it's the same exact, like, the problems really never change. Mm-hmm. It's just a new year. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's more like, therefore it's like more blunt. Like, everyone just felt like they could say what was on their mind towards black people. And now it's more through, I was going to say actions, but there's a lot of actions back there too. But um, And this is just my opinion. When Barack Obama got elected, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know too many, I don't know no black people that I, in my circle that wasn't elated. Yeah, I was That's something huge. I never, yeah, yeah thought, you thought was going to occur yeah. in my lifetime. And elders before me, you know, definitely, I don't think they thought that there would ever be a, a black president. And along with that, you know. He seemed qualified to me, educated and so forth, um, but did not have the support, in particularly of the Republican Party. And I believe this is, not that it wasn't occurring before him, but definitely once he got elected, there was definitely um, more discriminative behavior demonstrated. that I ever seen. And I believe, again, my opinion, when he did both of his terms, a a person like um, Donald Trump, I don't even believe he he thought he was gonna win, but he did win. And I, I think the attitude of those that voted for him was like, We'll put anybody in there, anybody in there, except for another black person, Mm -hmm. you know. So they were elated. And then when he came in there with his ideology, which was basically kind of discriminate type of attitude toward blacks, Mexicans, he, 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 he he made speeches and stated this. This is what that whole wall thing was about and all that. He wasn't coming from a humanitarian perspective to me. So as a result, um, we're, you know, we're at a state now that we're, we've got all this um, divide and it, it, it doesn't appear like we're, we're trying to, you know, come together and, and, and make this, you know, a better society. Um, so do you think in all that we're moving forward or are we t- staying stagnant or are we falling a little backwards? Well, I think it's falling backwards to or trying to fall backwards to the times that I was saying existed mm-hmm. in the, uh, you know, before the 50s, 60s, and way even before that, you know, I mean, there was a culture out there that was 
enjoying hanging a black person, yeah. like on the weekend, and the whole family would participate in it and observe it, and it was like an event, like you were going to see one of your favorite artists or something. Right. Um, I wouldn't be su surprised if there were some attitudes out there like that now that would like to see that type mm -hmm. of thing. And you lived up north, mm -hmm. and then most of the racism was down in the south, and wasn't the north supposed to be like kind of like the safe space where like people would try and like get to? Yes, at the time, so people did, migrated. Oh my gosh. Okay, so good. So how, like, if if that was like the safe space, like, how did it feel to be up north, like, watching? Like, did you ever want to go down south and like march with on Selma, like that type of thing, or were you more like, oh. this is not a safe thing for me to do. This is for me to like stand back and observe and educate about. Well, um, those times that existed, I was a child, so I couldn't yeah. participate in anything. <laughs> but there were things at school as I got older and particularly in the high school period. Mm -hmm. And we walked out of the school with a protest. Uh, I forgot what was the reason, but we, you Lots know. Lots of we reasons. Were, yeah, yeah. this food in this cafeteria really uh. tastes horrible, you know. Um, but, you know, we were having the ability to band together and, mm -hmm. and make a statement, mm -hmm. you know, what we may have thought was right. And if we thought there was some type of discriminative practices, um, you know, be, being put on us, we would, um, you know, rebel in that respect. So mm. here's the last question. Mm -hmm. Do you want to... This ain't boring. It's just what's your... No, it's not at all. <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's your message to... Black kids who are starting to maneuver their way around mm. reality in America. Well, <clears throat> I have three boys and one daughter. Uh, they're all adults. My daughter's uh, in the teaching field. She's an educator in East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, in fact, she has the ability now to become a principal. Um, my son is a law enforcement officer with the postal system. Uh, my other son is a truck driver. And my other son is a preacher. He's the oldest one. He's uh, 51 years of age. So as a parent, you know, you do not want to have your kids go through any type of uh, negativity, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I tried my best. I, I, I tried to demonstrate as, you know, as much uh, positiveness to encourage them to do something good with their lives. Mm -hmm. Go to school, pay attention, learn. And uh, um, my daughter's the one that got more educated than the guys. But, you know, they've been doing quite well in, 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 in my eye. Um, so I would definitely encourage the young people to focus on your education, be respectful to your fellow man, and, and, and most definitely try to get as much information as you can from your parents 
and things about your family. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget um, the gentleman's name. He has a show on um, PBS where he does the ancestry ancestry thing uh, um, roots uh, you know going into finding yeah. out who you was related to and so forth that's an amazing thing you know um, so learn about your family and um, just just tri do your darnest to do good with your life you know just don't become a waste don't gravitate to uh, drugs and alcohol and you know, substance abuse and any type of negative things on uh, that's exploited, you know, with sexual activities and things of that nature, you know, have um, and demand respect for you, you know, accept some of the behaviors these young men can have toward women, hmm. you know, calling them out of their name. I know it's in these rap records and all that. I don't particularly care for that, but you know, people listen to what they listen to. But respect yourself and respect others. Um, and uh, somewhere of your choice, find yourself, you know, understanding that there's a creator and a power greater than all the humanity and whatever religion direction you want to go in, you know, find yourself getting grounded in that area too. Because mm -hmm. that will sustain you as far as anything that you're trying to do with your life. You know, believing that there's, you know, uh, a creator. And the creator has nothing but good intentions for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's all I got to say about that. Thank you. Yes. Oh, oh, thank you for having <laughs> that was good. me. <laughs> wow. That was really good. Oh boy, thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and remember to check the Schmiel Spiel for the next episode. This is Moji. And this is Ida. Signing Sign out. out.